Welcome to Science Stories. Welcome to Science Stories. Welcome everybody, I'm here with Dr. Dominic Stephens. Dr. Dominic Stephens, he's a current postdoc at Vanderbilt University, but he was a past postdoc at UT, which is a pity because if I had known about you before, maybe you could have been today here in the studio with me, but it's not yeah. a problem. And you got <laughs> your PhD from Howard University. How are you doing, Dr. Stephens? I'm doing great, I'm doing great, how are you? I'm good, I'm happy to have you here because you're also the host of this famous community and podcast that is called the podcast is called at the bench mm -hmm. and the community is called scientists who lift how many people are in this community already oh man uh i guess i personally wouldn't call it famous but also at the same time um just a, a couple thousand just because uh, we got instagram which has a little over three thousand uh twitter that has close to three thousand people uh who follow and then Uh, there's, you know, YouTube, there's the podcast. So, you know, it put my foot in a lot of different spaces. I think it's pretty famous. I see it all over Twitter and it's super interesting the discussions that happen in that community of scientists who lift. But we'll, we'll get into it probably in our last part mm -hmm. of this of this show. So do you, I think the best way to organize, since you have you are all over the place, I think we the first way best way to organize this is let's talk about your research first. Then I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on podcasting and, and for sure learn from you about this mm -hmm. podcasting world. And then sure. we'll talk about lifting and scientists who lift. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, so let's dive into it. Your most cited article talks about heterocyclic dications. What is that? So you, you, you're taking it back there because that was uh, my master's degree. Yeah, that's, um, it's an article from 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So heterocyclic um, compounds are just you know, cyclic compounds, mm -hmm. right? And they um, contain, obviously, carbon, but also either an oxygen, a nitrogen, or a selenium. Mm -hmm. So, and then... Uh, um, Dications. I call them dications. I don't, I don't know. Uh, honestly, with all these words, I don't even know the proper uh, pronunciation. Oh, yeah, right. Anything. Yeah, I, I mean, so I'm, no, it's fine. You're you're the expert in the language. <laughs> yeah, I. You know way better than I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. Uh, so it's um when two electrons are uh, removed, so you have a plus two. So it's a uh, so you have a cyclic plus two um, uh, compound, and that. That's basically what it was. It was a, uh, it was a collaboration with another professor who created these uh, pharmaceutical compounds that were uh, supposed to mimic or be a competitor for um, PU1, uh, which is the uh, transcription protein. Okay, so I think this is pretty basic for you, but it might not be um, basic for our audience. Can you explain what a transcription factor is? Uh, so it continues to, well, it's the initiation to create more, um, DNA, right? So in, in our case, or in this, um, article, uh, the transcription factor didn't, there was no stop codon, if that makes sense. There, there was no, you know, as the transcription factor going in is transcribing DNA. So there was no, nothing to get it to stop. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and that's usually happens in leukemia. So you know that you you get a you get a tumor and that that sort of thing. But we was trying to figure out, okay, can we get something to uh, compete with it to remove it to allow for uh, that transcription or, or the transcribing of DNA to stop when it, when it needs to because it, everything has to be recycled, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's basically uh, what it is. Yeah, and if I understood correctly, what happens in in this particular situation? So you have these two different molecules that one had oxygen and the other one has selenium, as as you said, mm-hmm. right. and they have different binding affinities to the DNA. So from what I understood is that once the the transcription factor has bind to the DNA, there's not much that this compound can do to mm-hmm. interrupt it. But before they bind, he can compete in order to help yeah, me with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, essentially, yeah. So there, so there was one compound that has the oxygen um, that mm-hmm. couldn't compete um, and couldn't really remove. Like once PU1 was bound to the um, DNA site, it couldn't uh, compete. But there was the selenium that was able to actually compete. That w- that was actually to remove uh, or um, be more of a competitor. And remove the PU1 from that site. It wasn't highlighted as much in the paper. For the life of me, I can't remember why. Uh, but uh, it wasn't highlighted as much. But it, it was it, it was a, a high. It was highly competitive with um, uh, with PU1 at the uh, transcription factor site. And if PU1 does not bind to the DNA, what happens? It just depends. So like if PU1 need, is needed to transcribe the DNA, mm-hmm. but um, it, it needed to then there needs to be a stop codon to remove the PU1 so then you have normal homeostasis and normal function that that's kind of what what it is and because if it keeps going then you you just you're continuously getting DNA and then that causes you know that in turn can cause mutations uh, and then other types of uh, wonky things to happen and then you, you can end up with uh, different cancers and diseases and stuff like that and we're talking quite lightly about measuring DNA binding affinity and this is something that is I mean it's not easy to observe you need scientists mm-hmm. have come up with a I think it's a pretty smart method to yeah. to determine when DNA is binding or not can you explain right. how how we use fluorescence to measure DNA binding please yeah so um, the way that I did it so I used a fluorimeter so in the fluorimeter uh, it's a fluorescence polarization so or anisotropy so what it is is that the the DNA that uh, that I used to uh, bind PU1 or to the the compounds with had a fluorescent probe uh, attached to it, um, and it was um, inserted in the middle of the or middle-ish not, not and or middle-ish so it didn't uh, disrupt the binding but um, of the of the DNA. So I had basically had. Um, uh, single strand DNA. I annealed them. I annealed the, both single strand DNAs together uh, with, you know, with the complementary strand and whatnot. And then basically in a test tube or in a, a cuvette, I uh, did a titration. And, and basically what was going on is in the detector, as the, because in solution, uh, the DNA is spinning mm-hmm. and, and it's spinning around. And so basically it's measuring how long, how long of exposure to the detector, uh, how long of an exposure of the probe does the detector detect? If uh-huh. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, so if there's nothing on it, it's just spinning. Then you have uh, a low number. Now, if there is something attached, it slows down that spinning, right? And now you have more detect. So the probe or the detector can detect the probe more, which means oh, there's something attached to uh, the DNA that's slowing it down. That's super cool. I mean, it's. It's pretty common for scientists to use this method, uh, fluorescence, to measure things. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I think the original, original, original fluorescence protein was extracted from this algae in the ocean. That they yeah, they have yeah. this natural fluorescence, and I think mm-hmm. it's just amazing that how how we took that and we put it into test tubes and use it for <laughs> DNA. Uh, I don't know. I think it's it's really cool. Do, do yeah. it for the, everything, really. I mean, yeah. like nowadays I use it for. Uh, microscopy so like uh, that's you know it, it, it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool I, I, I do love fluorescence and looking at pretty pictures and you know cells lighting up underneath the microscope so it's cool talking about that can you tell us about your exocytosis article please so I guess the question is which one uh, the so there, there's one that it's really cool that you took pictures of the regulatory lipids and the 
the lipid kinase, kinases, how do you say, kinases? Okay, yeah, kinases, yeah, And yeah, the protein yeah, yeah, yeah. kinases during membrane f fusion, it's pretty, mm -hmm. it's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. So I guess the precursor to that, or the, so that, that was my PhD work. Mm -hmm. So with that, so exocytosis is when a uh, vesicle comes to the membrane, fuses with the membrane, there's a release of contents that was inside the vesicle into the outer, um, outer space outside the cell, right? So basically um, the cell is taking out the trash, right? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Or um, there is a um, a biological process that that is making it do it, right? So in our case, um, we was looking at uh, metastasis or uh, breast cancer metastasis. Mm -hmm. And then when breast cancer gets to, like, say, triple negative uh, uh, breast cancer or triple is it true? Yeah, triple negative breast cancer. Um, there is a metastasis occurs and exocytosis occurs. And basically metastasis is when uh, the original tumor spreads to other places of the, in the body. And that's through exocytosis. So it's it's releasing. And what I was uh, studying, what it was releasing, which was MMP9 um, metal wait, matrix metalloprotease. Yes. And uh, not... Uh, Man, I got too much in my mind, but uh, it will go to other places and it will break down the uh, extracellular, uh, the the extracellular membrane, and uh, allow for the cells to then, uh, or the tumor cells to come in and invade. So um, that's basically what exocytosis was. But for me, what I was looking at uh, was all the factors that are involved in exocytosis. So from scaffolding proteins to lipids to uh, the actin cytoskeleton. So there was three, uh, we called them the uh, three organizing elements. So uh, these organizing elements help guide the, one, guide the uh, vesicle to the membrane, two, uh, help activate puckering of the membrane. So like the vesicles here, it puckers up and it uh, fuses mm -hmm. and it helps with the fusion, opening of the pore and then release. So that's uh, pretty much all it was. And I, I was looking at, all, all the different proteins that were involved and there were so many proteins that were involved with this process that that needed it and basically i uh i described it even though this probably wasn't the most scientific way to describe it um in my dissertation but you know i'm, I'm just really unconventional in that way uh i said teamwork makes the dream work <laughs> and that's basically that's pretty much what it was <laughs> that's pretty much what it, how it boiled down the article has some awesome images in which mm -hmm. I, f I imagine you target a particular pro protein with yeah. some fluorescent pro you actually use two different colors and yeah. then you take pictures in mm -hmm. in the moment of exocytosis yeah. yeah my my question is how many times did you have to try and err in order to get that picture that actually went into the the article to be quite honest it didn't take me long because uh, i would say it and because because uh, microscopy is kind of my my thing, okay, <laughs> and like kind of my calling. So like uh, by the time I got to like lipids and stuff, um, I was pretty much an expert, right? So it it was easy to take those pictures, but also, um, you know the uh, you know you I, so MMP nine was one of the tags, and that was tagged with GFP, okay, in, in green, mm -hmm. and then um, whatever probe that we used for whatever lipid was um, M cherry. Mm -hmm. And that was in red. Um, and, you know, so so what it is, is so it was live cell imaging. So I could see. So what, what it was um, is I tracked these uh, the vesicles that had MMP9 inside and I tracked the vesicles coming to the membrane and then releasing its contents. And then so it, it made a kind of a uh, it, it how to. So it was um, it's like two layers comes to the membrane, right? and then there's there's this exponential point of fluorescence, and then it decays. Okay, yeah, and and so you waited to that point to take the picture, I guess. Yeah. So well, actually, um, I didn't I didn't have to wait. So because it's a uh, so basically the live cell image gives me a video. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it gives me. So I, there was sometimes where I did immunofluorescence where I had to fix the cells and things like that. But um, they will give it, the live cell imaging will actually give it to me, so I can go frame by frame and actually pick the right one. So it was a little bit easier to do it that way than to uh, get um, single images. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm really not familiar with microscopy, as as you might have noticed. I I actually have not heard ever before about this total internal reflection fluorescence. Then mm -hmm. this 
microscopy. Can you can you tell us a little bit of how it works? Yeah. So um, so you have multiple different um, microscopes. So I think most people are more familiar with confocal, where you just kind of the laser just shoots into the to the sample upright, and then you can just see the you can see the nucleus, you can see mitochondria, you can see uh, uh, the ER and things like that, right? Um, and so what total reflective uh, internal fluorescence does, it shoots the laser at an angle. So um, I think it's like a 30 degree angle if my, uh, my memory is correct. So it basically shoots at an angle and the sample is um, it's a glass sample that gets hit. So you don't get all of the laser, right? So there's this even even finescent field that is about a couple nanometers, uh, uh, yeah, a couple nanometers inside uh, the sample, and where you only fluoresce the the membrane, and that's it. And so you now I'm just visualizing what's going on at the membrane, and that's basically what uh, turf is called. Turf. It, it, that's basically what turf does. That's amazing. That's really interesting. So can you tell us a little bit of what you're working now in your in your new lab? Yeah. So. Um, Currently, um, it's all about uh, mitochondrial structure. So, um, uh, you know, I've done a lot of uh, light microscopy, and now I'm turning to electron microscopy, um, doing a lot of uh, EM stuff. So uh, what we do is we uh, take different um, – we're, we're looking at uh, mitochondrial dysfunction. And so uh, when – uh, different things happen in in the in uh, in the cell. So, say uh, type two diabetes, mm -hmm. and there is a uh, uh, it causes a fraction. Um, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Causes a fraction of the mitochondria. So it, it um, and then they it changes its shape. It changes its structure. So we're we're looking at things like that. So um, looking at structural things and then uh, me me mechanistic things. If we like knock out. So um, a uh, example is OPAL-1, which is uh, involved in uh, mitochondrial fusion or yeah, mitochondrial fusion. So um, what happens when we knock that out? Uh, what happens to muscle structure? Uh, does, it, does it atrophy the muscle in mice? Uh, we look at mice, we look at uh, flies and things like that. So uh, what I plan on doing is uh, kind of using that and um, looking at uh, exercise and how does exercise um, affect our mitochondria or affect our just our cells in general, right? Um, and I think that'll be a really cool uh, cross-section between uh, kind of two things that I love, right? Uh, microscopy, uh, I get to look at, you know, cells underneath the microscope, but also get to look at how does exercise affect our uh, mitochondria. That's actually something I, I wanted to ask you is yeah. if you ever thought about studying physiology of exercise since you are so into 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 this lifting yeah, 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 way of life yeah, and yeah. like muscle yeah, structure have. exactly exactly what you're doing now I, I was gonna ask you if you ever thought about going into this because it's it's your bread and butter right yeah yeah it is i mean it, it's <laughs> it's basically my brand right this is who I, it's basically who i am at this point but um uh yeah uh Shout out to my um, my current uh, mentor uh, AJ Hinton. Uh, he he um, he was the one who kind of was like, you know, you can you can you know incorporate. I know you're big into exercise, and you can incorporate exercise into this. And you know, I never really thought about it that way because I never had the opportunity. But he's uh, he's kind of giving me the opportunity to uh, to do that and uh, incorporate exercise into just cell cellular processes, man. And it's um, it could be something something big because I feel like a lot of people kind of don't they they want to they want they want different solutions they want pharmaceutical solutions when their solutions like oh you could exercise yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you could exercise and it could solve all your problems but you know uh, sorry one question I, that I I still have is are you using elect electronic microscopy to look at the mitochondrial structure after the knockout or the muscle structure after the knockout. Uh, the mitochondrial structure uh, after the knockout. Okay. So, um, so you're going deep, deep, deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you get in uh, into the cell, looking at um, you know uh, components of inside the cell, and I think 
if you if we look at that i think we can get because i think a lot of people look at exercise and they think um just outer Mm -hmm. physiological effects um and we're not looking um at ourselves and what's going on in that process because our cells make up our whole body so we need to understand what's going on there cool cool that's really cool dr stevens can we do our first break and then we come back and talk about podcasting sure sure all right let's see we're gonna listen to the songs you picked Way to Bootsy Bellow with hell it up. Try and think what I'ma tell them when they get alone. I'm a glutton for women I shouldn't yearn for. Shouldn't be tempted, but baby, I like to hurt or maybe cause I was searching, I found me the perfect person, but me and her didn't work out. She buried what you work for. And I carry the bitterness up. How come a nigga ain't into his prime? Still getting better after all this time. These niggas say that they kill it, they lying. Only thing I see I'm killing is high. One hundred million, I'm still on the grind. 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 So before the break, we were listening to Sue Me by Whale and Kelly Price. And now we're listening Wale. to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. By who, sorry? Wale. Ah, Wale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how much... About rap, I know. I'm, I'm, so I don't good. know. Yeah. And now we're listening to 100,000 or 100 mil. It's like, sp- sp- it's written in Spanish, I think. In By J. Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you pick these songs, I guess? Uh, so they're, they're um, kind of inspirational songs. So like uh, 100 mil by J. Cole. Um, no matter how much money he had, he was, he was still grinding. I think, um, you know, I have the same sen- sentiment. Like, no matter how much money, no matter how much success, it's still it's still a grind. I'm still still grinding, still trying to get more success, be better than I was the next day, right? And um, sue me is more of a, uh, you know, I'm I'm always rooting for people who look like me because not everybody roots for people who look like me. So uh, I root for everybody that's black is exactly as it says so you know that that's kind of my thing nice nice so as as we mentioned before you have a podcast that is called at the bench Mm -hmm. and it it's interesting because you shifted a little bit the style of the podcast at at first you used to have a bunch of people on there yeah and there it was like four co-hosts or something like that Mm -hmm. and then it was just two i think and now it's just you alone (laughs) with the microphone talking yeah. by yourself why did you start podcasting and then why did you change the style I, I wanted to start because it was a way for me to i guess talk and get ideas out there and um it was a way to me to connect to I guess, my viewers really uh to the people who followed me and um because people ask me all these questions and it, it's they you know and they do it over instagram and it'll, it'll be long-winded and i'm just like man i can't really explain everything i want to explain to you and and in in this instagram uh dm so you know i was like okay this would be a good idea plus it so when i started it was during the pandemic and i had you know i had some downtime so as everybody did and um i had a fruit a few group uh, a group of uh, people who was like okay well yeah i'll, I'll i want to get into this with you and you know i was like okay but let, let's do this so um we we got into it and it was great and people were was loving it but then kind of the uh things started opening back up and as things thing open uh, open back up people became a little less uh, <laughs> a little less um, um available and um it was uh kind of harder it was it was hard to get everyone together at a specific time to to do the podcast so um i ended up uh when i moved really i ended up started to do it myself and um and you know i i don't mind doing it myself it, it in um in a way but uh having that back and forth is, is nice so i guess it, it was a it wasn't meant to change like that it just kind of happened like that and uh, you know it might just change again who knows i think the hardest thing about podcasting is scheduling guests yeah yeah it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's tough. It's so hard. I'm actually thinking of doing episodes solo myself. Like, yeah. like, like kind of what you do. That is pretty cool. I, I really like it. Um, just grab an article, uh, an interesting paper, and, and yeah. just 
take tear it down like uh-huh. explain what's going on i i really like it yeah it's a good idea it's a good backup plan also when when people when scheduling is hard you know yeah 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 i mean i i wanted to you know uh make a podcast that was you know uh, a cross session between like let's talk about science but also let's talk about fitness and let's let's you know talk talk about it all like you know this is uh, this is kind of just my life and how i live it and you know i had to break down you know scientific stuff but i also had to break down fitness and nutrition and things like that and what's real and what's not because there's a, it's a lot of crap out there sometimes and you know you got to really see what's what's real are you in a little bit of a hiatus now because the last episode was in september of 2022 yeah 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 i mean so uh september of 2022 is when i moved to nashville um so it, it was a little bit of a forced hiatus uh, um because you know you move somewhere new you have to get settled you got to get settled in a new lab i've also been traveling a whole lot a lot more than i was expecting to since moving here um and so it was it was, it was just kind of hard to like carve out time to to record right And, you know, you got to pick an article, then you got to break down that article and, you know, you got to do all the prep work and things like that. So it takes it takes time. Uh, I think I'll get back to it uh, once I have a more, uh, <laughs> more, more uh, stable schedule. So something I noticed in your podcast, and I, I hope you don't mind me asking this, but for me that I'm not from the U.S., you, you don't sound like the typical Ph.D. student. Sure. Or the typical scientist, and and in your uh, podcast, it's even more. Like I can notice even more. You 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 let it go, and you speak like way in a way different style. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Ha, have you so you notice that too? Like that you don't sound the same as other typical PhD students. So um, it's a <laughs> so it's this thing in in the black community where we call code switching. Um, And code switching, basically, depending on who our audience is, we uh, talk in a different inflection, talk in a different uh, tone of voice. Our uh, diction is different. Our um, our language is different. The, the, the slang that we might use is different. Um, I, I've had friends who actually noticed that I, I will code switch like on the fly, just 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 like that, depending on who comes up to me. Am I comfortable with them? Do I know them? If I don't know them, I have a different voice. Um, the the uh, the tone of my voice is all it just it just changes right. So uh, it's a um, it's a way for us, uh, especially uh, at least for me. I can speak for me. Um, it's a way for me to not seem as um, scary and aggressive in in these scientific environments. So I speak a certain way in like my scientific environment, but uh, in like. You know, by myself, I'm doing my podcast, or I'm hanging out with friends. I, I speak a whole different way. Oh, I see. Okay, I love the way you speak. I, I think it's really like to me. It sounds really, it's really cool to hear it. You know, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, I love accents. I actually yeah. wish more people in Texas had Texan accent. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 just because of the way it sounds, not because of what it implies, you know. But yeah, 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 but the yeah. way you s- when the way you sound in your podcast, I, I really like. I, it, to me, it's really f- it's really entertaining and funny. I don't know if it is offensive or not, yeah. but I'm sorry if it is. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's fine. No. It's it's, it's okay. I mean, I um, uh, people tell me I have a, a I guess a good speaking voice. Yeah. Um, and so like you know it. it It just goes to show that I guess people are right. <laughs> I have to ask you, have you ever gotten in trouble for something that you said in your podcast? Because you open up quite a lot and you talk with names and you talk about you're really specific and mm-hmm. you don't shut up anything. So <laughs> ha- have you ever gotten in trouble for that? I I have not, actually. Um, it And it's interesting because I don't think uh, they know that I have this platform. So... Um, if it ever gets really, really big, I might get in trouble. <laughs> I, might, I might get in trouble later on. But uh, I, I've actually had had someone um, who I spoke about uh, reach out to me uh, because they um, they said some they said some things to me while I was uh, at Georgia State, um, and you know she reached out to me and she uh, was like I. I 
you know, she she was basically trying to apologize, trying to basically save face in a way. Um, but I, I knew it was kind of um, it was it was a little shallow, if I'm being quite honest. There there was no she she, she wanted to feel better about herself. And you know, I I kind of wanted the interaction to end, so I was just like, oh no, it's fine, it's uh, yeah, whatever, it, it, it's not fine. But uh, you know, and I haven't gotten in trouble for anything that I've said. I don't think anybody, um, I don't think anybody who I've talked about for the majority of the part um, even know that I have this platform, this podcast, this the YouTube channel, any of it. So <laughs> for now, for, I'm good for now. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, actually, you, you you talk a lot about racial issues in academia, the things that you see and, and things that you have experienced. Do, do you want to mm -hmm. talk about that or you rather not? No, no, no. I'm, I'm free to talk about it. I, I talk about it all the time. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So do you notice, do, do you think uh, academia is a little bit racist? Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's a, um, I think in, at its core, it's a, Um, just, just like at America's core, it's kind of a, a, a racist institution, right? Um, it was built to not allow for people who look like me, black and brown people, to be a part of their institutions, uh, be a part of their like they, you know, they don't want they don't want black people getting PhDs, getting educated, things like that. Um, you know, I've, I've been in different. I I couldn't tell you how many people told me that I wasn't going to get my degree. Right. Um, I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't this. I wasn't that. I didn't have the right attitude. All these things. Right. Um, so it, it's an institution that wasn't built to see want me to succeed. Um, I've, I've seen, you know, uh, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of things that shocks even people who who uh, black people who are in academia, who are uh, professors. I, I've seen things and experienced things that even shocked them. So, um You know, uh, I think people see me as a some sort of threat, um, and I still haven't figured out why. <laughs> I honestly haven't figured out. I seriously haven't figured out why. Maybe I'm too outspoken. Um, but you know, it, it's. I think at its core, it is unfortunately. But but I think there are people. So um, when I was um, still at Texas, uh, did an interview at the University of Michigan because uh, they wanted me to come in as a faculty uh, member. Um, and they uh, were telling me how they was trying to push out the the old guard, like the, the older faculty, um, so we can bring in uh, newer, more diverse, more minority-driven faculty who has this, I guess people want to call it liberal mindset of, of being more welcoming to people, which um, at a large institution, at, a, at one of the top-tier institutions like that, It's, it's really great to see. And if people want to listen more about that, you can listen. It. There's an episode about that in, in your podcast. There is. There is. I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, you mentioned something in that podcast, in that episode that is pretty cool, that it's in one of the buildings that you visited, there is a, a science museum, right? Yeah. And, the, and, the, and you said something that is pretty cool, that it's the kids see yeah. the scientists working. Mm -hmm. And you said like yep. if, if they if black kids see me working there, that's that's awesome. Like it's yeah, a really good thing. Amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. I've, that it's, it's something that I want. I want them to see see me working. I want them to see um, that. Oh man, like oh yeah, you're you're a scientist. Wow, that's I can I can do that too. Yes, you can do that too. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Can I can I read a little bit? Uh, can I read the dedication of your PhD PhD thesis? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. It's to the black scientists who came before me. Thank you for your sacrifice and paving the way to all those throughout my journey who said I would not make it this far. Thank you for fueling my fire. And this was in, I guess, in 2016 or so. Um, do 20, you, 2020, you, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah, 2020. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel yeah. do you still feel that way or would you oh, add yeah. or change anything? <laughs> no, no, that is still true to this day. <laughs> still true to this day. I would not change a thing. Um, because I still have doubters. Um, I still have people who, you know, the, the black scientists who came before me um, paving the way. So uh, I still feel the, that sentiment is still the exact same. I'm keeping the same energy. Uh, all right. Um, Dr. Stephens, let's do a, a little, sh an hour short break, and then we will come back. We talk about 
scientist who lived. Okay, sounds good. All's my life I has to fight, nigga. All's my life I hard times like yeah, bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. I want to expand my brain, but I'm trapped in prison. Got me shackled up with chains for the maximum sentence. I'm trying to get out my ways to bring me back to senses. And maybe teach myself some game and turn my rags to riches. Mm. Ain't no excuses, we all start at the bottom. Gotta learn to speak your truth, and that's just part of the process. Should have find the solution, guess I'm part of the problem. You pulling flowers out the roots when I just wanted to blossom. And I'm exhausted, but I tried my best. We need to change, cause we was tired of stress. Trying to flex. Bought you a chain, but couldn't buy respect. I'm not oppressed. We can't evolve unless So right now we're listening to Evolution by Joyner Lucas. And before we're listening to Alright by Kendrick Lamar. Um, is there any particular reason you picked these songs? Oh yeah, I mean, it's still... Uh they, they, these are kind of like my motivator songs like so all right it's just um you know everybody knows kendrick lamar he, he's he's <laughs> you know he he's iconic right um but he he's very much um like no matter what we're going through we, we're going to be all right like no matter what craziness is happening in our lives in the world we're, we're going to be fine um and that's that's kind of a, a, a something that i hold near and dear just because my life has been absolutely nuts, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm gonna be all right. And um, evolution is uh, I, I find the song interesting, uh, especially the beginning of it, because um, I want to expand my brain, but I'm trapped in prison. Uh, and it's it's how uh, what what we talked about before, like they they don't want us in in um, in in our in their institutions learning. Uh, gaining knowledge, um, they they want to they, they want to trap uh, people who look like me. But you know, uh, I think of myself as breaking out of that or breaking out of prison, essentially to to gain gain more knowledge. So um, it's, it's the evolution of what I'm supposed to be or what society thinks of me to be. Is all right a song you would listen to when you're going for a personal record when you're lifting? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. You yeah, pumped yeah, yourself yeah. up with music. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, yeah, music. I absolutely love listening to music while I'm lifting. Uh, just love listening to music. Period. Because um, it's it can either be calming or it can be kind of a, a motivator, right? So it has it kind of has that effect. It gives me, you know, it's an emotional response. So, Dr. Stevens, you were a professional, or correct me if I'm wrong, a professional powerlifter, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I still am. Uh, it's just oh, been kind of well. No, it, it's just I haven't lifted. I haven't competed in a little bit because um, it's been kind of hard when you're not uh, when you're moving around so much and moving and doing all these things and traveling. It's it's kind of hard to settle down to um, uh, prepare because you have to prep to compete, right? So to settle down to get ready to prep to uh, then compete. So that's. Um, you know, it's been it's been hard to do it, but you know, I I do plan on trying to get back to the platform, uh, hopefully this summer. Is this a, a love for lifting or a love for sports in general that then you chose powerlifting? So, I do love to lift. Um, you know, it's a I wouldn't say it's a love hate relationship. Sometimes, you know, there's some lifts that you that you hate because it's not going the way you want it to go. Uh, but I, I do love sports. Um, I played sports growing up. I was a, a D1 athlete in college. Of, of what? What sport? Uh, I was a thrower on the track team. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through uh, shot put, discus, weight throw, hammer throw. Uh, didn't have the shoulder mobility to do javelin, so I uh, couldn't do that. So I just threw things, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I think it was a, a, a love for sports, a love to compete. And it's just kind of in my blood because, uh, you know, I, played football all throughout my life and you know it's just uh or american football all throughout my life so it's it's yeah it's been it's been nice it's been you know i, I enjoy it quite a bit so you're a, a super strong person right 
I, I mean, I'm sort of strong. <laughs> what's What's your? I I, I think this is a, a dumb question, but what's your, for example, your personal record, personal best in in bench prints? Uh, bench right now is what did I do? Uh, four sixty. That's it. That's my yeah. warm up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, no. Wow, that's insane. 460. Yeah. 460. 460. Wow. Yeah. And in squad? Uh, squad is uh about 625. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. That's that's a lot. So where where did the idea of of building this community of scientists who lived come from? Oh man. So uh, I was back at Howard University. I was. Well, I was in my PhD program, and I was at the gym one day, and um, I don't know if it was a tough day at the lab or at school. So, um, because pe it's always funny because people kind of like, I was like, "Oh, you're going to go lift?" They they kind of tried to, I don't know, make fun of me being healthy. It was it was it was a weird thing, and um, I was like, "Man, I wonder if there is a community of scientists who lift." And that that's just kind of where my head was. At. I was I think I was benching that day. And so I'm I'm scrolling through like social media trying to figure out like, okay, like there has to be I, I'm thinking, okay, there has to be something out there, right? The, the, this isn't a new idea. There has to be something. So I check like I type in scientists who live, I type in scientists that live, I check <laughs> I typed in scientists lift, I don't all of it. Uh looked at the hashtags, it was like three posts or something. Um, and then, um, you know, I checked Twitter, I checked, I checked all the social media and there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And I'm just like, and I sat there and I was like, man, it's either, <laughs> it's either, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like, well, uh, well, nobody's done it. So I guess there's nothing out there or I can create it myself. So, or create the space myself. You so found decided, the niche, right? Yeah, 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 pretty much. And, so and, like, okay. and you did find the people because there's the community. It it only keeps growing. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, there's a lot of people. It's harder. Um, I'll say it's easier to grow on Twitter than it is to grow on Instagram. That's for sure. I I, I have that feeling too, especially in in the science community. I think like Twitter, it's yeah. okay if you have a Twitter. If yeah. you have Instagram, you're losing time. You're wasting time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If you're on yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. in a conference. You see people. Everybody is on Twitter, not paying attention. Everybody. and it's all good. But if you yeah. open Instagram, ooh, dude, oh, wait a minute, dude, wait a minute. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know why, but I guess Twitter is a smart uh, social media. I don't know. I guess because there, there's a. It, I think it's easier to connect through Twitter than it is through Instagram, um, because you can actually have conversations, um, and with instagram you have to post content mm -hmm. so you know you have to have some kind of niche in content uh to post yeah. to be able to um you know gain followers and gain people and people don't and you know most of the time people don't even like to post so people like to talk with their words especially scientists so yeah. Yeah, um right. that's why twitter is uh twitter is kind of king right now do you have any tweets that has gotten a lot of attention or or, or one that you particularly remember um, I mean the my most recent one. Uh, the one about reading very, actual books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one just kind of blew up, and I wasn't expecting it to. If I'm being quite I mean, honest, you you nailed it because it's so true. Yeah. Once yeah, you yeah, start yeah, yeah. academia, you stop reading. Yeah. 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 I don't know it, why. It, it, it was one of those that people related to it so much. It was just like, okay, wow, this is. I couldn't even get to all the. Uh, <laughs> all the replies like that's how much it it, uh, it kind of blew up on me i couldn't even get to all the replies do you think you stop reading because as there's so much scientific material to read if you're reading something else you you feel a little bit guilty yeah oh for sure for sure They're just like in, with anything else if you do if you're doing something else you you feel you kind of feel guilty about it right you you, you kind of feel like ah oh, man i guess i could be reading this article and i could be writing a little bit more like i say if you're in your phd i could be writing a little bit more of this article or writing a little bit more of my dissertation or i could be you know analyzing some data but you know in, in all actuality you, know, you you've done enough for today <laughs> you, you, you've done it you don't don't let 
these PIs for you that you have to uh, just because they surround their lives in in science doesn't mean that you have to like you can still be very very much successful without doing that yeah you're, you're absolutely right I, I have a question of one of your uh, recent tweets that you said sure. that you gave a, a Q&A session in a STEM workshop and mm -hmm. and the boys and I imagine it was to a younger audience they ask yeah. you really interesting questions do you, do you remember any yeah um, uh, the, the tweet that you're speaking about they uh, <laughs> they asked me how much did I lift uh, <laughs> so that's always that's always a question that But I get you, you were um, giving a talk about science and, and somebody asked you how much did you lift out of nowhere yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it was it was at the end of the session. Uh, okay. I think they was thinking about it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because it was like a group of boys that kind of got together that came came up and was just like, "Hey, so how much do you lift?" <laughs> and so uh, they're they're middle schoolers, so you know they you know you know how that goes. But um, uh, one asked me, um, it was like, "Oh, did did you go to Harvard? Because you're you're so smart." And oh. I'm just like. No, no. Uh, it's like you you don't have to go to Harvard to be smart. I, I just want to put that out there. You don't have to be go to Harvard to be smart. It, I promise. Like you can be smart and go to other schools um, that are way cheaper. Or you uh, can go to Harvard <laughs> and not be that smart. You're, and that's true as well. That's true as well. Um, they because um, we was doing things like um, can these kids uh, look at people and when they look at people do they see scientists or do they see something else right um and one of the uh one of the women on the uh we had about eight different women and one of the different women uh, one of the women uh one of the little girls she was just like no nah, she's too pretty to be <laughs> to be a scientist wow i was like I, th I felt some kind of way about that. I'm yeah, like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> so a scientist ugly? Is that what we're saying? Now? Yeah. <laughs> so right. It's just like okay, wow. And I was like, she can't be pretty. She can't be. She was. She was like, she's most likely a model or something. I was like, oh, she can't be pretty and a model and a scientist. Is these these things can't coexist together? So um, it, it's kind of changing the mindset of uh, how these kids think, right? But um, you know, you, you get some you get some really interesting uh, questions and uh, comments. Do you have any other hobbies besides lifting? You you already said uh, you love music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I love the outdoors. Um, I, I love to go hiking. I hike. Um, when I was living in uh, the D.C. area, I would basically hike every weekend. There's a lot of hiking because, um, let's see, there's Shenandoah. That's in Virginia. That's about two hours away. Um, then there's the App Appalachia. Actually goes through, I think, Maryland. If I'm not mistaken, it goes through Maryland, West Virginia and Maryland as it goes up and down. Um, so I've done. I, I love to hike. Um, love to get in the outdoors. Now my mom doesn't like it too much because I do it alone. Mm. But uh, I, I told her I'm safe. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I've only saw one bear. That's it. <laughs> I've only really? Saw one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know if it was a black or a grizzly bear? Uh, black bears, because black bears are the only ones that are on the east coast. Okay, Grizzly okay. bears, you don't, you only see up in the northeast, northwest. I'm sorry, northwest. up in the northwest uh, and like uh, Canada and uh, Alaska. So they're they're more further that way. Was the bear just chilling there? Yeah, it was just chilling. It was just, so uh, people think I saw the, like I, I didn't see it while I was hiking. I saw it while I was driving. So uh, okay, it okay. was I was I was almost to the to the uh to the trailhead and it was just a bear sitting on the side of the road i think it was taking in the sunrise because i get to uh these uh <laughs> i get to the trailheads really early in the morning um that's why people don't like to hike with me uh but um it, it was just chilling on the side of the i think it was taking in the sunrise it was literally just sitting down it was just sitting down just just doing that just doing, just Just sitting, chilling. It saw me, and I felt like I disturbed him because he just kind of got up and walked away. And I was like, "Okay, my bad. I'm sorry." <laughs> Dr. Stephen, I have a question from the audience sure, that sure. they ask: Since you lift, and since people notice that you lift, if you are mm -hmm. asked to move heavy things all the time, all the time. Yeah, really. <laughs> all, 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 the, all the time. I'm, I'm the first one that, the, I'm the first one that the, that people call. Um, it's it's funny because the The lab that I was in, uh, that I joined while uh, doing my master's, um, uh, I helped, or I basically set up the lab 
and it required me to move like these really heavy fridges and so basically by myself oh my god i moved i moved these fridges and because i wanted to get started doing research and that was kind of like i was oh i really want to get started doing research um and i was like well uh, might as well you know get you know get things in get things out get things set up and so i, I was moving a lot of heavy things so i, I get i get called on upon a lot to to move things yeah and then there's a little game i play with my guests did you get a sure. chance to to see the picture i sent you yeah yeah that it I was did. generated with an ai generator nice can you guess what i typed into the prompt for the ai generator okay um i'm going to guess uh i feel like it's just it's just my my tagline it was like black scientist who lives <laughs> i i did type that but i also typed an a particular style I ask, in a particular style. yeah. So you can ask like '90s poster or you know what I mean, or retro or oh, Picasso okay. or whatever you want, and you can. Yeah. Can you guess the style? No, I, I have no. I, let me let me pull that up. No, I have uh, anime. Yes. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I I said yeah. anime, uh, black scientist lifting heavy weights. Ah, nice. Yeah, nice. I like it. I so, like it. do do you want to share with with the audience um, your social media and where can they find you and your podcast and and all that information? Oh yeah, yeah. So, I mean, with anything, with everything, all you have to really type in is a uh, scientist who lift. Um, you can on Twitter is scientist lift, um, and you know you can find me through the hashtag scientist who lifts. Oh, scientist who lift, um, and um, Instagram is the same thing. Scientist who lift youtube the podcast is called at the bench um i think is that all i do i do i'm trying to figure out uh, if there's anything else um you know the website is sci uh scientistswholift.com all that so yeah uh, you actually you wearing me. right now you're wearing a, a really cool yeah 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 hoodie um scientists yeah. who lift hoodie yeah. you have a nice swag so, yeah 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 so i gotta um this is the original uh design and i have to create more Because um, we're, you know, this, this is kind of popular, so I gotta uh, get more, get more in stock. Um, and once I get more in stock, I can put, you know, more out there because people ask for this quite a bit. Doctor Stevens, do you have any final message that you would like to to share with the audience? I go by this quote a lot: "To be successful is to be relentless. So always be on a relentless pursuit of success. So uh, no matter what's going on in your life, um, you know, we all go through things, and we we all have to." overcome these these boundaries these brick walls so continue to push through and um if you have a, a goal in mind if you have something that you want to do keep fighting for it because there's going to be roadblocks in the way you got to keep fighting thank you so much thank you no so problem. much for being in in science stories did you have a good time i did i did I had a great time i appreciate you uh bringing me on of course thank you so much for listening to science stories wow. Wow.